0: Amen. If you're happy to be here in church, turn around, and look at somebody, and say, "Man, you look good." I'm glad to be here. <clears throat> you already probably saw that, said that, anyways. But, amen. You may be seated. And as Micah said earlier, we had the uh, uh, had the duty of delivering bad news. No picnic today. We love picnics, and uh, and uh, we. We feel like our church really, you know, kind of thrives around picnics. And um, so if you were planning on beating everybody at cornhole today, you'll have to wait. Amen. But we will schedule one uh, later in June. We did talk about about that. We will schedule something later in June. And so uh, the last few years we've had kind of get-togethers and picnics in the summer. And it's been great. One of them in particular was uh, our favorite was the dessert one. We had one picnic where it was all desserts. And so church people love free desserts. Right. And so, we, you know, it was amazing. We had the biggest attendance ever. And uh, so no, it was good. But we'll do it again. And so we just really um, we value our fellowship here. We really value um, community and our fellowship and and our relationship. And how many know we're, we're just building our relationship together? It's a constant building. You know, Jesus said <clears throat> that he's building the church. Didn't he say that? And the church is us. And so we know that there's a building. And so we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, We wanted to say just welcome to (coughs) so many people, (coughs) excuse me, today that are here. I know you're here visiting and uh, because of the weekend and uh, how many have uh, like a month ago you dreamed about ribs and chicken and sausage and, and all those things and in the end you settle for hamburgers and hot dogs pretty much every time, right? So we hope that your hamburgers and hot dogs are blessed and your family's blessed and you have a wonderful time. Thank you so much for coming today. And those joining us online, we just want to say a great big God bless you. If you're struggling in your body with, um, <coughs> excuse me, sickness or any kind of thing, we're, we're praying for you. And I know that um, Brother Rick and the uh, really the intercessory prayer team. It's so faithful to pray uh, for you. And so I want to just say, uh, if, if you're not feeling well today, you've got heaven behind you. You've got Jesus praying for you. Brother Rick is praying for you. So you you should be all right. Amen. You're going you're gonna to be all right. And uh, amen. Yeah, right. Good. That's good to know, isn't it? <coughs> amen. Well, we just wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit. We have been talking about the ministry of service and the uh, principles of serving and how important that is the last three weeks or, or so. But I just wanted to slip this in today and possibly next week because um i just felt it was very important that um kind of line up with what we're doing in the in the uh, life groups and what we'll be sharing this next week in the life groups and so i if you're going to hear that lesson in the life groups this week hopefully it'll be a double blessing amen but if you'll turn with me to revelation chapter 12 i just want to share with you a little bit today on tell your story tell your story I was always impressed with preachers that read out of Revelation right from the beginning. I thought, this guy's know what he's talking about. Well, I guess we'll see. Revelation chapter 12, starting in verse 10. And uh, I'm just going to read 10 and 11. And then we're going to turn over somewhere else and read. And then we'll go from there. And this is John, of course, seeing this vision and Jesus giving him this revelation. And John said, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven... Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren, not his brethren, our brethren, is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him, speaking of the enemy, talks about the red dragon or the devil, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives, (coughs) excuse me, even unto death. In 1 John chapter 4, Go back just a little bit over 1 John chapter 4. Man, it's been a long time since I turned in a book. I almost forgot how to do that. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 4. I had it when I was preparing now. Okay, 1 John chapter 4. There we go. <clears throat> and I, I'm just going to read 14 and 15, verses 14 and 15. You have to bear with me. I just don't know what it's about talking. I get <clears throat> a little tickle in my throat. And so... Um, And it's not funny. Anyways, um, in verses 14 and 15, this is what John said. He said, we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he is in God. How many believe that your testimony is very important? Amen. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story to tell. In fact, a few years ago, what boosted uh, social media even more than it was, was the fact that you could record your story or you could post your story. These are short little clips and, you know, just of what's going on in your life and just kind of like a small little uh, look into your life or your thought for that day. And then it disappears and you can do it all over again the next day, which many people do several times a day. And we know that you have a story to tell. And we also know that, that people are moved by stories. In fact, Jesus told stories. And I'm not just talking about telling stories. He gave illustrations and told stories and talked about uh, certain things. And so, But in this account, it isn't just about what you're, you're doing or what you like. Uh, you know, when we're talking about your testimony, we're talking about what Jesus has done for you and what he can do. How many you believe that? And what he is still doing in your life. And so when we talk about your testimony, we talk about your story, we're talking about these things. People are moved by stories. I mean, you could tell a story, uh, throw in a little little bit about a rescue dog, and people get moved, and they'll give you lots of money. Right? People are moved by stories. In fact, my wife and I were just... um, in our family we're just talking about a young man that we've known for a few years and has just recently had a great achievement in his life and we looked and we said man this guy has a great story he's come from humble beginnings it's very difficult where he's come from he's had adversity in his life and he had this great achievement in his life recently and we said man that's a great story And we're moved by that, aren't we? Amen. We're moved by great stories. And so I believe that when we are in Christ, we have even a greater story. That's our testimony. How many believe that in Christ you have a greater story? Amen. Your story just got really good. Amen. It's got really good. How many in the Bible says that Jesus is what? The author and finisher of your faith. He is the writer and producer of your story. Amen. How many believe that God's recording everything about you? He's got books about you. Yes, He does. And He's writing about your story. And so we know that everybody has a story. When you get saved, it becomes even better. And I believe that the power of your story is needed. People need to hear that. It's great. I believe the power of your story and your testimony is great. And I believe the need for our testimony in this hour is even greater. I believe that the testimony of Jesus needs to be heard more than ever before Amen. In our country, in our nation, in our world, in, your si- in our city and in your, your world, I believe that the testimony of Jesus needs to be heard. How many can say amen to that? The testimony of Jesus, your testimony needs to be heard. Amen. It's great. It's powerful. It, it changes lives. It moves people. It, it absolutely uh, you know, changes the way they think about God and about uh, church or what about, about whatever. But I believe our story is very powerful and very needed in this day and this hour, Amen. I like to think of it this way: <clears throat> that your story of redemption is like a fingerprint. It belongs to you. It's unique. It's yours. It's personal. How many know what I'm talking about? It's unique. Not everybody has the same story. Not everybody. They may have similar stories, you know. But how many know? Every story is unique. Amen. Your story is unique. Your story is powerful. Your story is needed. And I believe that it's, it's absolutely unique. And so when you, you think and you think over your life, you say, well, I kind of grew up in church. I got saved when I was four, baptized when I was six, filled with the Holy Spirit that year, went through Sunday school, went through all the classes, did all that stuff, and this is me. I don't mean, know. You still have a great story. <clears throat> you still have a great story. You have a story of God's protection. God's provision in your life, God's hand in your life, God's safety in your life, amen, being raised in the house of God. That's a great story, amen. And every story is unique. And I think that part of the church or a healthy church is that we learn to listen to each other's story. We, we have an environment where we can give our story and talk about our lives and we can give our testimony and we, we love that, we value that about other people, amen. <clears throat> How many ever grew up in church where you had testimony service? Do you remember that? Does anybody remember testimony service? You get up and you testify, and you have, okay, sometimes it was Sunday night, right? And sometimes it was Sunday morning that led into Sunday night because some people would testify so long. And we would have those testimony services. A lot of times we'd ask, does anybody have a testimony? Does anybody have anything good to say? And we, we always think of that as this positive message. And we, we think of that as, as something that, uh, like you do in church, you just have a really good report about your life in church. It's like your story on social media. That's exactly what it was back in the day. That was our story, Right? Right, we posted that every Sunday. We got, and a lot of people got up and they said the same story. How many know the same lady got up every whatever game? The same story. I just want to thank Praise the Lord to get me up here this morning. I just want to thank Praise the Lord for His goodness. I want to thank Praise the Lord. to let church they say Amen, right? And you, come on, you some of you remember that testimony served. And then some people just talked about their problems all the time. That was their testimony, right? And we 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 tried to build a testimony during the week. What would sound good on Sunday? What would sound good over the mic? What would sound really positive? What would, what would really make a good testimony? Amen. And that was kind of our concept. And then we grew up where we thought that a testimony was just about, well, that was an evangelist in our church, and they were, you know, they were the ones ministering, so we wanted to hear about how they were preaching the gospel. And, and we, we also think of <coughs> testimonies as our opportunity to share the gospel, don't we? We think of that, and we, we kind of limit our testimony to our experience. A lot of us talk about, when we say our testimony, we talk about our past, don't we? How we got saved. That's, that's what we call our testimony. But how many know your story is so much greater than that? Amen? In fact, I believe that your experience is good, but your experience alone isn't good enough. It has to be married with something else, amen, called the gospel. You know, your story is not the gospel. A lot of people just say, well, I just told my testimony and that's the gospel. No, that's not the gospel. See, your experience is much more, it's not just limited to how I met Jesus or how I got saved and this is what I feel about God. How many know it's much more than that? And I want to give you just a little snapshot here. Let's take a little closer look in the book of Revelation in Revelation chapter 12 of what it is. So we look at uh, Revelation chapter 12. It's so good because I feel like the, when I saw this and read this, I felt like, Lord, I've really limited myself when I think of the word testimony. I've really cut you short. I've cut myself short. I've, I've, I've limited other people talking about testifying and sharing their faith. But in Revelation chapter 12, it opens up and, and it gives a backstory to Jesus and the church. And it talks about the red dragon and there's a woman there and giving birth. And, and how many know the book of Revelation is about things that already happened you say well this is just a picture the red dragon there's no such thing well the bible says it's the devil so it actually gave an account of what happened there was actually a time in history that this happened do you know that do you know that? Amen. But also it symbolizes things. And we know that. And so a lot of things about book of Revelation symbolizes. Well, someone said, well, <clears throat> in verse 10 it says that God's salvation and his power and his rule, they're here now and Christ's authority is established. But when it comes to the, you know, who gave the testimony, it wasn't the church, it was Michael and the angels because it says Michael and the angels there was a great war with them and they're the ones that gave the testimony. But we need to read a little bit, because if you read on, and especially the next chapter, you'll see that the great dragon declares war on the saints. And it talks about our brethren, the accuser of our brethren, not the brethren, but our brethren. You know, uh, I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, so many times we limit this passage of Scripture and say, well, this was the testimony of Michael and the angels and and how they defeated. No, this was a testimony of Jesus and his followers. Amen. Do you believe that? And it says that the accuser is cast down, not was cast down, he is cast down. I'm going to believe that with all your heart. Amen. The accuser is still cast down. Amen. Jesus cast him down. And so up until that point, the accuser, or the red dragon, or Satan, had the position of influence where he was accusing God's people day and night to destroy them. He was actually, thats his purpose was to destroy the church. Amen. And so he was, he was there accusing them. He was there wanting to destroy them and wanting to, to put to silence the people of God. But the Bible says they overcame. The Bible says that they conquered him and they overcame him. Aren't you glad that we have victory through Jesus? Amen. And it says, again, the believers overcame the accuser. <clears throat> so this is how I see that, that particular verse right there. <clears throat> if you want to take notes and say, well, it says that they're overcoming by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and courageous living. Amen. How many you know there's, there's a bunch of stuff in there that we're going to tackle? I'm just going to talk about our testimony. I like to think of it this way, very simply. The blood plus your story equals victory. I said the blood plus your story equals victory. Amen. See, it's not just about how bad you were. It's how good God is. It's something that's going on right now. It's the victory that you have in Christ. It's not just, well, I got saved when I was a kid. Now it's who I am in Christ, what He did for me, what He can do for you, and what His Word says about Jesus. Amen. So it's much more than that. And so your salvation really has meaning because of the blood of the Lamb. And your life has meaning because of your story. Amen. And we tie the two together. So again, our, our current definition of testimony is really kind of talking about how we got saved and maybe a positive report in church and a, and a good message in church. And that's our, that's our testimony. But, and uh, and it, even some people believe that their testimony is what I believe about Christian, the Christian faith. Or uncommon boldness. You know, th- th- there's certain people out there, not me, but there's certain people in the church, man, they're really bold. They can testify. How many know all of us have a story? All of us who are born again have a testimony. All of us are called to testify. Can I get a witness? There we go. That's the best one. See, it fits in these kind of sermons. Amen. All of us are called to be a witness. All of us are called to lift our voice and speak and talk and share about Jesus Christ. Every single one of us because it's valuable to God because it's part of our redemption. Amen. And how many know, I've never looked at it this way, but it puts it in this sense. It says they overcame him by the, the word of the testimony and the blood of Jesus. And so I love that because the blood and your story equal victory. Amen. Your experience alone isn't good enough to defeat the devil. You can have a great experience, but that doesn't give that spiritual power. How many know the blood has that spiritual authority to overcome Satan? Amen. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. So it's the blood with your story equals victory. Amen. And so I, I believe that overall, <clears throat> over time, some of us have just limited uh, our testimony on our story on how I got saved. And uh, I, I don't think we should limit our story to your past or how you feel about God or your experience because it's much more than that. And this is what the book of Revelation is showing us here today. <clears throat> Amen. So the Bible definition, if you're taking notes, the Bible definition of your testimony or your story is, yes, your experience. And number two, it is salvation through Jesus. Number three, it is the word of God. And those things I want to bring out <clears throat> about your testimony. Amen. And so, again, I, I want to just say this, that really in Christ, your story is married to something greater than your experience. Amen. Amen. I said your story is married or joined with something that's greater than your experience. Someone said, Well, man, I have a tremendous testimony. I was in prison, I was an addict, I was a gang member, I was this and that. And, and that, that's great, but there's something that needs to be married with your experience. Right. Amen. And in Christ, we have something, all of us have something greater. I used to, when I remember when we first started going to the prison ministry and, and sharing with the inmates and and the, and uh, really just preaching and, and uh, that was a challenge in itself. But uh, you know because I've never faced incarceration and things like that and didn't understand. And so I said, well, I don't even know how to how to relate to some of these guys. But a- after a while, I realized that these guys are just people and they're human. And a lot of them are just great Christians, and so I can identify with a lot of them because our story was similar. We share the redemption power of Jesus Christ. And so that gave me that confidence to say, okay, I, can, I guess I can share a little something more than what I felt I could before. And so in Christ we have that. But I want to bring something out, start from the very beginning. <clears throat> Many people think, well, you'll bring out, maybe, maybe we need to hear about three ways to overcome uh, fear of talking to people. Five ways to, to uh, you know, share your faith with your coworkers. But I'll leave that for another time. I want to just deal with this scripture right here. The very first thing that we see that really is awesome is overcoming God really wants our story to be about winning. How many like stories about winning? That's why in church, nobody applauds when you talk about all the trials you're going through and the wilderness experience and, and how bad your life is. Nobody claps to that stuff. Do you ever notice that? Except maybe your mom. You'll get through it, baby. You know, you'll get through it. Right? We, you know and, and, but this is, this is a, really that we need to see is, in fact, I to just give you some scriptures. In Romans chapter 8, verse 37, a very familiar passage of Scripture. it says, "Through Christ, we are more than conquerors, through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors." When we were in Holland, they descri- described that word as an overwinner. You are an overachiever in Christ Jesus." Eight, Romans 8:37. 8, that means you're winning in a very big way. That means it's like 50 to nothing. Amen. You're a conqueror through Jesus Christ. More than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the first part of it says, Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Amen. How many love that scripture? Always. Not just, not just where you're more than a conqueror, but you're a more than a conqueror. Always. That's pretty cool, isn't it? You'll go 50 and 0 every time. That's awesome. I like that, right? Yeah, especially the basketball team I played on. Amen. And then we read in 1 John 4, but look in verse 4. What does it say? It says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In Luke 10, Jesus said that, uh, in 19, he said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the devil. How many know Jesus had that because he overcame the devil? So he had that authority and that right to give it to us. Amen. Amen. And nothing by any means will hurt you. 1 John chapter 5, 4 and 5. Your faith, the Bible says, overcomes the world. And if you believe in Jesus, then you'll overcome the world. Isn't that great? We're to overcome. Jesus really had kind of laid it out for us, given us His Spirit, given us His Word, so that we can win. What did Paul encourage the Christians to do? Run to win. Race to win. As if you're going to get the prize. Amen. Now he's not talking about that competitive spirit in the church where you knock everybody down to get the prize. That's not what he's talking about. But what he's talking about, in your heart, you need to have that passion and that drive towards the things of God because you're a winner, you're an overcomer, you're a, amen, in Jesus Christ. Now by yourself, you're left up to your own, good luck with that, you may not do so good. But through Christ, you're an overcomer. And why could he say that? He said because if we look at Roman, or Revelation chapter 12, we see that Jesus, along with the church, defeated the devil. Amen. Stripped Satan of his power, Jesus said when he was hanging on the cross. Then when Jesus cast the dragon down to the earth, now he said, deal with my church. They're, they're going to rough you up a little bit. Amen. Read, that's what it says in Revelation 12. It cast him out of heaven into the earth. And then it says, then the church is going to deal with him. Man, talk about a double whammy. He, he got it really bad. He's got it really bad. Amen. And so that's what we have. The hope in Jesus Christ is that we're overcoming. And how many believe that the blood of Jesus, the Bible says, and your testimony, amen, is what overcomes? They overcame the devil. Because look, here's the thing. You've got to understand, before this time... It looked impossible to overcome the the enemy. It it was impossible to overcome death, wasn't it? Nobody had defeated death before Jesus died. Nobody had conquered the grave. Nobody had, had experienced the freedom over death until Jesus died on the cross. Amen. you believe that? I do. And so... We have this overcoming. We're just called to be... Over. Now, many people take this and they said, okay, I'm called to be an overcomer. That means I'm called to be rich. I'm called to be famous. I'm called... To... No, no, that's not what that means. How many know you can be an overcomer and be poor? That messes with us, doesn't it? You can be an overcomer and be sick. Hello? because it's through what Jesus had done on the cross not what you did not what's going on in your body not what come on not anything that we have come on but what he did and what he did at the cross we're overcomers amen and you know even if you have a sickness that kills you you're still overcomers you're still going to beat death you're still going to be amen seated with him in heavenly places that's what the bible come on right either way we win amen Hallelujah. So we're overcomers. I love this part, amen, about Revelation where it said they overcame him. They overcame the accuser. Let me just explain a little bit about it and as it talks about it. But I just want to say this, that our testimony isn't about a temporary experience. Many times we limit it to when you were a child, when you were saved, that moment, that time. That's great. That's important. I think that's a historical landmark in your life. But how many know it's not just about that temporary moment? It is a lifestyle. It is an ongoing process. How many know we are continuing to win in Christ? Continuing to win. Contin- win after win after win. How many know that's how you get 15-0? You just keep winning. Amen? How many remember a few years ago, the Yukon Husky, the women basketball team, I mean, it was just like, we got sick of them winning. They just won, won, won all the time. Well, that's the way it is in Christ. The devil gets sick of you winning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I believe that it's a practicing lifestyle. It's something that continues to go on. It's a, the Bible says that there's a living testimony. We are a living witness to the freedom of Jesus Christ. We are a living example of what Jesus did, what He is doing, and what He will do. Amen. That's part of my story. I am a living testimony of Jesus Christ. How many believe Jesus is right now? That's what it says in Revelation. He is here. He is now. The power of the Lord in our Christ. He is right now. How many believe Jesus is right now? I believe He is right now. Well, if He is right now, then victory is right now. Then overcoming is right now. Then your testimony is right now. Amen. You are a living testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I like this. that Someone said that Jesus overcame at the cross so that we could overcome in this life. How many believe that? I believe that. So simple, isn't it? Amen. In fact, one of the things I love about the account, after Jesus ascended, He didn't stop overcoming for us. He didn't stop winning for us. I'm so thankful that He, uh, we're going to take communion next month, or this month, but I'm so thankful that He overcame death, hell, and the grave. Aren't you? But how many know it didn't stop there? He's still overcoming for you. And and a secret is, is because the, the Bible says, as I said a few weeks ago, He lives to make intercession for me. Now, amen. He's not somewhere up in the clouds that forgot about you and He's just waiting to come back. Right now, He's praying for your situation. He's concerned about your life. He cares about you. He has your future planned out. He's waiting for you to make the right steps, follow the Holy Spirit, get into His Word so He can lead you in a place of victory. A, A constant place of victory. A constant... Season of winning. How many are tired of, of getting beat up, right? Come on, especially if you, you played on those teams, you won that team, and it never won. Never won. Amen? How many are, are glad in Christ we're winning the championship, amen, this year? Amen. Hallelujah. And so this is what John wrote when he said, I write to you that you sin not, but if we sin, we have an advocate, a winner, an overcomer, amen, Jesus Christ. And he's praying for us. He's keep winning for us. He's bringing you through victories. Amen. He's bringing you through overcoming. How many are, thank God, that some of you have just come out of a season of winning? Some of you are just going in to a season where you need to win, right? Come on. You're going into that trial. going You kind of find yourself seized. But the good part is we can say that we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I love that about the fact that God wants us to overcome. And they overcame Him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, but one of the things, just real quick, I want to just go to the side here and says it said that talked about the great accuser, the, that that he was the accuser, <laughs> excuse me, of the brethren, and we know that Jesus is the great intercessor and the devil is the great accuser. One gives life, and life more abundantly. One is there to kill, rob, and destroy. Uh, one accuses. The Bible says he accused day and night. How many know he hasn't lost that spirit? Is that right? He hasn't lost that. Why? Why would the enemy, why would the devil, the great dragon, want to accuse people day and night? Why would he want to come in a place of accusation day and night? I'll tell you why. Because his accusations, and he knows this, his accusations end in unbelief, silence, and ultimately death. He wants to stop your story. If he can silence the church, if he can come on, we saw that in when Jesus riding in Jerusalem, tell your disciples to be quiet. That's the spirit of the devil. Tell the church to be quiet. Get them in a place where they can't speak. Get them in a place where they're silent about their faith, where they can't feel. come on, that's what persecution's all about. Keep to silence the church. What did they tell Paul and Peter when they, and John when they brought him in the... Didn't we tell you not to speak in that name? They didn't say do miracles. They said don't speak. Don't talk about it. Don't lift your voice. Don't tell your story. Don't read the gospel. Why? Because there's power in your story. There's power in the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. And the accuser knows it from the very beginning. Is that right? Amen. And so the devil wants you to agree with your disappointments, your rejections, your brokenness, your rebellion, your anger, your hate, your lust. So that it silences your story. Wow. I'm not agreeing with it. How about you? Amen. Because I know he's the accuser. And he's been the accuser from the very beginning. And this is very interesting. Though the devil hates the presence of God, he was willing to go in the presence of God just to accuse one of his saints. That's how much he doesn't like us. I mean, we don't like him either. Amen. And that's that's how much he understands the power of accusation because he's coming in front of the intercessor trying to destroy you, trying to silence your story. So that's why the fear of public speaking is a very serious thing. That's why the fear of, of going to tell somebody about Jesus, that's a very serious thing, isn't it? I didn't say you rubbed the devil. I'm just saying it's a serious thing. Because if he knows we can break that silence, break that barrier, we can get through that and share our story, we know there's great power in our story. How many believe that? Come on. Because our story isn't about our experience. Our story is about the blood. It's about the grace. It's about the freedom. It's about the forgiveness that's in Jesus Christ. Amen. What he's done for us and what he can do for other people. Intercession is the opposite of accusation. Did you know that? So that's why it's very important, amen, that we remain in that attitude of prayer. And I love that. But it says that here in Revelation, again, the accuser is cast down. And that's his nature. That's his goal. The author of confusion, the father of lies, the prince of darkness, and the accuser of the brethren. That's what the Bible says one of his names are. But aren't you glad for victory this morning, amen? Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ has won the victory for us? So it's the blood of Jesus and our testimony, amen, that caused us to overcome, amen. I love that. But let me just throw this out, is that your praise is a part of your story. Come on, your praise is a part of your story. When we come to church, we're not just kind of repeating after the musicians and going through, let them entertain us, let them praise for us. No, we're coming and we're talking about our story. We're singing about our story. Come on, somebody. Amen. We're talking about, today we're talking about bones rattling. That was some of our story. How many were out there and you felt dead? You felt the religion you were into was dead. It was dry. You felt God wasn't around you, but when you met Jesus Christ, there was life. Come on, there was repentance. There was forgiveness. there uh, There was a new spirit inside of you that's your testimony. Anybody, Anybody raised in church, you walked away from the faith, you did your own thing, and man, your life was miserable. But aren't you glad that Jesus took you back? Amen. You came back to the Father, came back to the house, and you knew that, man, that's where I needed to be the whole time. Amen. How many know that's part of your story? And we're singing about it. And so I want to encourage you to, to maybe just even break away from music and, and you know, your phone and just start singing to God your story. Lord, you redeemed me out of every kindred tongue, every nation, Lord. You've done it through your blood. We've been redeemed through your blood, Lord. I was forgiven. Lord, you have taken me back. Come on, some of you need to say amen to that one. Amen. You need to really understand that about worship. It's not just coming and, well, this is my religious duty. Man, we're singing our story. And there's power in your story. And there's power in worship. How many believe that? Amen. And guess what? If the devil hated the story then, he certainly hates the story now. Amen. And when you begin to worship and sing your story, it drives him crazy. Drives him nuts because he understands I can't get to them because they're thankful, they're grateful, they love God. They're not going to put up with my lies. They see me coming a mile away because they're singing the story. Amen. I want to encourage you. Sing your story. Sing about the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. You're bearing witness to the truth. Sing about the truth. Sing about what Jesus, who He is, what He's done, and what He will do. Amen. How many know that we serve a God that was and is and is to come? Amen. Hallelujah. And so as we, real quick, and finish this part, Revelation 12, the very last verse, the very last verse... Says this, and the dragon was angry with the woman and went to make war, (coughs) excuse me, with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's where persecution is. Maybe that's why we're really afraid of it, really preaching the gospel to our neighbors and to those that don't know the Lord. Maybe we're afraid. We don't want to be this, (coughs) of course, this stereotypical, you know. We don't want to do this, and we're afraid of what they're going to say and be rejected and persecuted. Why? Because we know this is what the spirit of persecution, the real spirit of persecution comes from, is does not want to hear the testimony of Jesus Christ. But aren't you glad that in our day and our age, the testimony is getting louder, it's getting better, it's getting more clear, amen? Coming from the church like never before, I believe that your story is part of it, and the story about the blood and the story about the truth is coming out, amen? Amen? Why? Because the church is lifting their voice. The church is, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? Why? Because there's power in your story and there's power in your testimony. Amen. The second thing I want to bring out about this, of course, really should go without saying, but I think it's very, very important, is the blood. The blood of Jesus. I'm telling you, there is power in the blood of Jesus. How many have ever just pleaded the blood of Jesus? Amen. Whether it's over your family, your body, whatever it is, because we know that there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's forgiveness. There's healing. There's redemption. There is power in the blood of Jesus. And, it, and the devil cannot break through, amen, the blood of Jesus. Can't do anything about it. Can't do anything about it. Amen. Once Jesus shed his blood, that was it. It was a done deal. It was sealed for us. Amen. The devil lost his power. The accuser lost his power. Come on. And we got the power from Jesus Christ. And it's really your story (coughs) has no significance without the blood of Jesus. Your story is just a good experience. Your story is just something you learned, something that, that's what Christians did. It, it's not any, there's nothing significant. <clears throat> that's why it's important that we understand that your story is not just about how you got saved. Your story is about the salvation through Jesus Christ. I mean, I believe that's, that's really part of your story, really. As Paul said, it's no longer I that lives. It's not really me. If you look at me, I mean, you might see, but it's really Jesus. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And so because it's, it's my story has significance because of the blood of Jesus. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no <coughs> remission of sin. We can say there is no testimony in church. Come on. Amen. Amen. The blood of Jesus doesn't cover your sin. It washes your sin. And it cleanses it. The Bible says it, it separates it from you. It cleanses it away. Amen. It just, you know, that, Remember, come on, how you were, maybe a kid and you you were really dirty and you went out and played and dirty and you took a bath or a shower and all that grime and all that dirt, just, you saw it go down the drain. How many remember? You know what I'm saying? And that's what the blood of Jesus does. It just washes our sin. Washes us clean. And I'm so thankful for (coughs) the blood. Amen. We couldn't do anything without the blood. Couldn't do anything without the blood of Jesus. Amen. And I I know that, that, that demons just tremble at the blood. You can talk about a lot of things. You know. You can talk about the Ten Commandments. You can talk about a lot of things. You can talk about God in heaven. You can say a lot of things, but they do not like the blood of Jesus because it was the blood that defeated every spirit of darkness. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, the blood really, as we look at it, the blood washes away my guilt and my shame. This is so important because a lot of us feel that we can't share our story or we feel that somehow our story isn't as good as other people because we still carry around maybe that guilt and that shame from our past. But aren't you glad that the blood of Jesus washes us and cleanses us from from shame and guilt? Come on, somebody. Amen. It, It frees us from that. See, sin brings guilt. And what is that guilt? Guilt is the knowledge that I did something wrong and sin, sin brings shame, that is the feeling that I am something wrong. I don't know, Jesus completely washes that away, breaks that over your life, and says, you're mine, you're in Christ, amen. No longer do you have to have uh, hang your head down and be in shame, amen. And you might see some old friends and say, hey, I remember what you did, I remember who you were. And it's now you can hold your head up through Jesus and say, you know what, I don't have that shame anymore. I'm not guilty of that crime anymore. I'm not guilty of that anymore because Jesus washed my sins away. Amen. Come on, Christians. Are you glad for that this morning? Amen. That that He's washed your guilt and your shame. And that's why the Bible says we can lift our hands without wrath or doubt. Amen. We can come in God's presence with boldness, the Bible says, because of what Jesus did for us. Amen. That's not coming in arrogantly. That's not coming with a chip on our shoulder. That's coming in humbly, but that's coming in confidently. Amen? Before God. And we can witness confidently. We can witness with that strength. I'm not talking about arrogance or anger. I'm talking about confidence. That Jesus has washed my sins. And I know who He is. And so I can relate the story to you because I know Jesus. Amen. Aren't you glad somebody told you the story? Somebody shared with you their story? Wherever you were, however you were in your life, amen? do not you glad that they didn't wait for you to be the best ever Christian that you could be or try to be religious? But God met you where you were, amen? And that's the power of the blood of Jesus. It meets you right where you are. It sets you free right where you are, amen? Takes you out right where you are. David said that, amen, he took my feet out of a miry clay and put them on a rock, Amen? Jesus, I mean, He just reaches down and takes you where you are. Amen. And that's the power of our story. That's why we go to people and we say, you know what? We have to go tell people our story. Because they're lost and broken and they're undone. They're in sin. And the only way, Romans chapter 10 says that the only way that they can be saved is faith through Jesus. And the only way they can have faith is hear the gospel. They've got to hear somebody's story. They've got to hear somebody's testimony. Is that all right? Amen. Is that true? Is that what the Bible says? Yeah they got to do that. And so I love that about the blood of Jesus. The blood was shed for for the innocent, but how many know the blood was shed for criminals? Many times we come to the Lord, we think we were the innocent ones. No, Jesus was the only innocent one. That hurts, doesn't it? Oh, I'm such a good person. I don't even know why I needed to be saved. I was such a great guy. Even No, Jesus died. He was the only innocent one that died. He died for the guilty. He died for the criminals. He died for the perpetrators. He died for the wicked. Is that right? Come on, somebody. He died for the dirty and the unclean. He died for the lepers. He died. For, come on. He died, amen, for us, and we were the ones that needed His blood. We were the ones that needed the blood. Jesus didn't need blood. He didn't need to be forgiven. He was spotless. He was the Son of God. We needed forgiven. And so take that in consideration when you think about your story. It's not just how, oh, I was so cool I was, or I was such a bad person. And No, think about how good God was. Think about how awesome God is. Think about how powerful the blood is. Amen. And you know what? When you think about how powerful the blood is, guess what? You can go to the worst person that you know and give them the gospel message in love. Because you realize if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Come on, somebody. Is that right? Amen. Sometimes we avoid those people. We think, oh, they're too far gone. They're, I can't, you know, relate to them. Or they don't deserve the gospel. How many of them? Everyone needs the gospel. Everyone needs the blood of Jesus. Everyone needs forgiveness. Everyone needs to go to heaven. Everyone. And so that's why our testimony is so important because they're not just going just to fall into a church. People aren't just going to wander in church. Come on, some of you, it was hard enough to get you here this morning. I didn't want to go to church and I was a Christian. Right? So, So they're not just going to stumble. Oh, well, they'll just find Jesus. Or everybody's already saved. They don't know it. How many know? No way. That's not what the Bible promotes and teaches. Amen. We've got to tell our story. Amen. We've got to tell them about the blood. We've got to tell them about the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the second chance through Jesus Christ. Amen. How much he loves them. How much he died for them and concerned for them. God so loved them that he gave. Amen. I'm thankful for the blood this morning. Amen. But it's with the blood. We have to understand we can't separate our testimony from the blood of Jesus. It happens to be the the thing that breaks strongholds and breaks sin in people's lives. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. The reason I believe that the blood was shed for me, I believe because, yes, Jesus loved me. But number two, my sin was great. And when you come from that heart of gratitude, when you come from that revelation of how, how how you did not deserve the grace of God. You did not do anything to, to merit the grace of God. Yet He did it. He loved you. When you come from that perspective, you see people in a different light. Is that right? But when you come from a pride and a religious heart and arrogance. And I'm so glad to be saved. Aren't you so lucky to have me around? No. I'm telling you right now. When we come from a heart of I owe jesus christ my life how many know we look at other people different don't we when you've been through a difficult situation God heals your body delivers you and come on does something awesome for you you don't just you're not the same person you don't just say oh well that was nice man you want to tell everybody about it don't you amen and so let's let's keep that in mind and i think that's so important that we understand it had to be the blood because the blood was the most powerful agent against the devil But we also understand that it was the blood which is the most powerful agent of grace in our lives that we've got to share. It's one of the most important things we've got to tell people about. The forgiveness that God has for them. The healing, the cleansing that God has for them. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? (laughs) If I have a chance, I'd like to continue on because this count in Revelation chapter 12 continues on. It talks about testimony. I don't want to talk to you about what it looks like and and how to give your testimony, but then courageous living. But I think i would stop there. But you know, one of the things I love about the Lord (coughs) is that Jesus paid the terrorist the ransom for his hostages. (laughs) I mean, he just paid that price. He laid his life down. He paid the amount That sin demanded. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Repentance and forgiveness is my testimony. How many can lift your hand and say "Men, Forgiveness is my testimony. That's my story. If I didn't have forgiveness, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have anything. Forgiveness from the Lord. My repentance before God is such an amazing thing. We don't like that word repentance, but it's the most freeing. It's the most liberating. It's the most incredible word that we could tell people. There's repentance. There's forgiveness. Amen? It's in Jesus Christ. And so we testify of God's love and grace and mercy and freedom and eternal life because of what He did. Not because of what we did, but the blood plus your story equals victory. How many believe that this morning? How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, Lord, I thank you for your blood. I thank you that it's, Lord, changed me, saved me, delivered me. It's so much a part of my life. I've got to talk about it. I've got to tell other people this is what they need to hear is your blood. (coughs) In closing, just wanted to say this, is that your story, of course, is what Jesus did, what he's doing and what he can do. That's part of it but your story is of redemption. It's And again, it's like that fingerprint. It's unique. It's it's something God did. And so if you say, well, I got saved when I was little and I didn't do anything wrong and I never drank this, that, whatever, I don't really have a testimony. That's where you're wrong. You have a great story. You know, I'll never forget when we went into <coughs> the maximum security and to the prison and one time I was ministering around the altar and we were talking to a young man and, and uh, he said, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I've got You know, kids, I've got a family, and uh, I'm in here for life. I'm 21 years old, and I want you to pray. And so we did, and we prayed, and tremendous um, backstory in his life and how God saved him. And I said, Well, you know, I raised in church, I was a pastor's kid, you know, da da da, did my thing, but you know, came back. And he said, You know, I want you to tell other people, he said, I want you to tell other Christians, tell them that the greatest testimony is not how bad they could be, but how good God can be that your greatest testimony is that you didn't do those things, that you didn't follow into sin, that you didn't have the worst this and that and everything. He said, that's the greatest testimony, is that God could have kept me from all these things, that I could have avoided these things, that I could have spent my life raising a family and going to church. I mean, that's a great testimony. So don't sell yourself short and say, well, I didn't do anything bad. No, know this. Before you were saved, you were bad. It didn't matter how good you were in this life. You were bad. You were the criminal. So we have a story. And we have a great thing to say. Come on. Our sin was great, but His grace is greater. How many can lift your hand and say, yes, that's my story? Amen. Amen, I believe that. And so your story can change someone. Your story can change lives. If you just listen and then speak and, and, ask, and just get that relationship and say, can I tell you my story? Can I tell you what Jesus did in my life. How many know, come on, some of you are here as a result because somebody told you their story. Come on, somebody sat down and said, I want to tell you about what Jesus did in my life. Amen? And you're here today as a result of it. And you know, your story, again, has some something greater than your experience. It's God's love and forgiveness and freedom. It's all those things, but it's not just my experience that I'm, I'm limiting it to, but it's the blood of Jesus Christ. My story that causes me to overcome today amen can we just lift our hands one more time and say lord i thank you today that lord you have lord just just show us let's, let's put it that way lord we ask you to show us the power of our testimony once again lord we're, we're so overcome with fear and busyness and other things that we kind of push it to the back burner yet it's the greatest thing that we have amen been given by you is our story because of the blood, because of the grace, because of the cross, because of redemption, because of those things, Lord, our story is amazing because of Jesus. And yet, Lord, it's so needed today. It's so needed around in our families and our neighborhoods. And some of us feel like we've already shared those things. But, Lord, I pray that you would just add just a freshness to our story once again. Lord, birth that, Lord, desire to tell people about our story, and what Jesus did in our lives. We thank you for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I thank you for the victory of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for the cross of Jesus today. That's my testimony. That's what I hold on to. And, Lord, that's what keeps me alive. I thank you, Lord, today that, Lord, we're just seeing a new twist today, just a new thing on how important, how needed our our testimony is. I thank you for victory today. If anybody here, just you need, amen, victory over something, I thank you for victory through Jesus Christ. I thank you for victory over addiction and sickness, Lord. I thank you for deliverance, and I thank you for victory over depression. Thank you for victory over anxiety, Lord. Thank you for a a victory over, Lord, uh, just things that I cannot overcome, Lord. I thank you for victory today through Jesus Christ, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you're always causing us to triumph. More than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in us today than he that is in the world, Lord. We thank you for that today. We give you all the praise and all the glory. May our story reflect this today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you for coming today. Hug somebody's neck. Amen.